0: Last week on Highlander. This is wrong. It's against all the rules. You can't hope, but I can. You said you wanted to talk. Something strange is happening in the cloud. In the last few days, two immortals were killed. They were shot first and then beheaded by an immortal. The they were working together. Why are you telling me all this? I thought you'd want to know. You watch yourself, You're a long way from home, Xavier. Home is where the head is. Charlie, get out of here. Excuse me. Would you, you know, do the guy thing? Now, once you know, ordinarily, I'd not let strangers be in my apartment. Unless you trust them? No. Unless I have a gun.
1: This isn't your fight. No, you're gonna tell me this isn't about the other night. Listen, Charlie. No, 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 you listen. Man. This is not just about Xavier St. Cloud. This is about a special ops team, and that is something that I know about. Get out of here.
2: No way,
0: McCloud. No way. What? If you knew this was a setup, why did you come along? Because I want to know who's following me. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> You're dead I look like an angel to you, Johnny I saw you take one in the heart You set me up Savior and mercy, he's ever waiting for us And so is Horton That's impossible You know Horton's dead He wasn't last night You're seeing things, McCloud He's dead and buried. What about Xavier, how'd you find him? I shot him. And I was just about to cut his head off when I realized he could lead me to you. Rather an unholy alliance, would you say? Look, you can't keep doing this by yourself. You're not the lone ranger. Look, I got army intelligence, computers, informants, yet every time I get somewhere, you're always one step ahead of me. What's going on, McLeod? Who are you? I tell you why I came back. To kill the mortals. Horton buys the mercenaries and Xavier takes the heads. Next time I see you will be the last of them.
3: Rewatch Part Two is here. (laughs) Unholy Alliance Part Two. That's right,
1: colon Part Two. An unholy alliance. Yes, mm. Xavier.
2: St. St. Jean- <laughs> James
3: Sinjin Smythe. James Sinjin Smythe. Hey, Rewatchers, I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amon, And I guess now we're starting the show. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, we're deep into this now, guys. So, That's if you right. haven't
2: already listened to it, if you're just tuning in in the middle of this, this is obviously part two of a two-part series on Holy Alliance. So if you didn't listen to that episode, it should be up on our Facebook feed from last week or and our podcast feed from last week. You should probably start
3: there.
1: Yeah, that's right. We did give you a little recap at the start of the episode, but uh, go listen to part one.
3: And go watch these episodes because they're rad. Yeah, rad as shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, I have a note on my uh, episode notes here that we forgot our 50th anniversary episode was like six episodes ago. So congrats to us. We've done over one year of podcasting around now. Yeah, We're probably, what I don't know what date it is that this episode's airing. But we've done over a year of podcasting, thanks to all our listeners out there. But we've also done like over 50 episodes, which is pretty cool. Woo. Yeah, we're great. So we've wasted a lot of, of our lives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're adults. Yes, yeah, so so we are. We'll uh, be a
1: pause for you to sing us happy birthday.
3: Yep. Yeah, we'll we'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs>
2: thanks guys
1: Yeah, <laughs> thank
2: <you. laughs> was everyone else just singing it in their head just now yes yeah okay
3: so the opening of this episode it's with a voiceover that was the clip at the top of the episode so mm-hmm. this is our first time getting a like last time on highlander thing yeah. as told by joe this is pretty detailed it goes on for a little bit of time it's good
1: when i was a kid i always liked when a show would have a two-parter i remember on x-men oh yeah Never would be like previously on x-men <laughs> this <laughs> one's
2: for you more yeah <laughs>
1: I always like the like little montage that made me excited for oh, yeah. some reason. So this is like a nice little. It makes it nostalgia. feel like it's part
3: of like a bigger world. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Also, speaking of the X Men, like like go on YouTube and look up like last time on X Men. Someone has put together <laughs> oh those great an amazing like <laughs> compilation of like just a bunch of nonsense. Like it's <laughs> like last time on X Men and it starts kind of serious and then it's just non sequitur <laughs> after <laughs> non sequitur.
2: <laughs> it's good. So we open on the cop Renee. Like, she's not a cop. She's a military, military intelligence yeah. Yeah, officer. And she wants to talk to the still con- still out of commission Charlie. And Max there, and he's like, leave him alone. He hasn't had enough protein in his diet. He's recovering. <laughs> 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 he's... Oh, you eat is rice and vegetables, Charlie. Yeah. That's why you're in this predicament. Yeah. <laughs> I'm someone just drifting into my Trump voice. I like people who don't get shot. Sad.
3: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so she, I guess, also came there, not just to talk to Charlie, but she wanted to talk to Mac, too. And she, like, invites him for dinner. Yeah, but clearly
2: yeah. like, dangerous men who are rude to her, she, like, <laughs> wants to
3: ask out on yeah. a date. <laughs> they had a nice moment in church together. They had a nice moment in church. He stuck a piece of paper in her boobs. Yeah. So they go back to Max Loft. He's gonna cook her dinner. He's cooking up some spaschettis, right? I don't. This th- is. I, this he's this got is like chopsticks al- and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what he's cooking. It's such an
2: awkward, pre- like, cooking scene. They're just like all kind of standing around. Doing minor tasks. Yeah, she checks on some boiling water.
3: Yeah, there's boiling water. She looks in it and goes, "I think it's almost done." It's like, what is that? <laughs> the water?
2: It's, it's hot. <laughs> yeah,
3: but she also looks at a picture of Tess. I guess and inquires like, "Who that is?" And mm-hmm. we find out that, well, we know Tess is dead. She finds out Tess is dead, but we also find out that I guess her, she had a husband who is dead as well, who mm-hmm. died in a shootout in a, a burger joint. In a burger joint in Albuquerque. This
2: guy wanted to start World War Two in a burger joint. Three. To start World War II,
3: start World War in a burger
2: joint. You want to start like this crazy alternative history yeah. by starting World War II in a burger he joint? He was
1: considering the repercussions on his country after World War I in a burger joint.
3: <laughs> uh, so we cut to later and they're just kind of hanging out, drinking wine. Duncan is playing chess by, by himself? himself.
2: This is the most boring date anyone's ever had. Also, and- these characters, no chemistry. Yeah. At no. All.
3: Well, because the, they don't talk. Nothing is happening. Like well, it's they lots don't...
1: of her, like, looking at
3: Mac with, like, hungry eyes and him just being, like, <laughs> staring back. Just like... And and he says the a really creepy line. Like, he moves, he plays chess, and then he's just like, chess is such an interesting game. And it's like, what are you doing, <laughs> creep?
2: Like... <laughs> it's very puzzling.
3: But then they she's go like, in for some action. She's
2: really into it. And she's like, why haven't you kissed me yet? Yeah. You know, it's like... Probably because this is a bad date. It's yeah. not a very good date.
1: Can we talk about what they're wearing for a moment? Sure, go ahead. Has like this weird V-neck like wool sweater on It has like a really deep V. I'm like miming the V on myself. Yeah, he's healing himself wearing. up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the darkness I'm, thirty yeah. deep <laughs> V. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: But she's wearing, like, this see-through black top. Oh, yeah. It's really revealing. Bra. It's really revealing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) So they both have their sexy back. (laughs) Justin Timberlake.
2: Anyway. Bringing sexy back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So ding dong, the bell rings. (laughs) Joe interrupts the date. Spoiler alert, Duncan does not kill him on the spot. Yeah, right. I was expecting I was expecting this confrontation to be a little more aggressive yeah. after their last com- like conversation being <laughs> like next time I see you will be the last. <laughs> Keith, didn't you tell us when we were recording last week's episode that they had actually added that scene?
3: No, they did not add the scene. That's the scene that's supposed to start this episode.
2: Um, yeah, so I'm
3: sorry, I don't think I made that clear. That yeah, the that was the beginning of this episode, but then they re edited it to make it the end. Gotcha.
2: Okay, because this does seem a little... Duncan is very calm and reasonable during this exchange. It
3: would be even weirder if it was the way it was in the script, because literally it would be, I will kill you next time I see you. Next scene, they see him. Like, yeah. it's like, what?
2: <laughs> well, it's like, Whoa, okay. Well, maybe it
3: doesn't count until this time. And then after he sees him again this time, <laughs> then he'll kill him. So Joe's there. He's like, what's done is done. And he said, we used to trust each other. I hope you can trust me again. And he gives him an address. And this is presumably the address where Horton is held up. So Mac goes back up and decides to call off the date. Like, he's going,
2: this second. Right. He's not like, all right, I'll check this out in a minute. He's on he's it. He's going. And then he
3: does Batmac again. He and he's like, get your coat. Bat Mac begins. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets her coat and she turns around and he's gone. Yeah. How? It's an elevator. It's an elevator. There is a door. I guess he took the stairs, right? There's stairs? Yeah. Hmm. Fire code, what man. The- you got to have stairs. He's got the stairs to the roof, but they're behind her. Right. It's a total Batman maneuver. Yeah, it's awesome. What have we done? you done? I'm like, it's awesome. <laughs> Can <you trust> him? <laughs> My favorite part of this episode is when uh, Mac, Mac disappears. disappears. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's just no Mac. Uh, <laughs> so we cut to Horton and Xavier, and Xavier is just literally eating caviar. With a spoon, with a spoon, yeah. just
3: straight out of the jar. <laughs> I I really like this clip. I wouldn't mind. Can we can we listen to this clip? I think it's pretty awesome. Let's do it. Let's take a listen. Wait a minute, Keith. You're a
1: food person. Is that how you, you just eat like a whole can of caviar, like straight out of
3: the can in one sitting? My opinion on a, this is Xavier's eating this shit like a boss. This is awesome. <laughs> like this is if you can afford to like splurge on something like that, like. Like, normally caviar is served on, like, you know, a little piece of toast, sour cream. Like, you know, you eat it, and it's, a, it's expensive. So you just eat a little bit of it. But, like, he's just like, no, I'm just going to eat it like a can of tuna. Like yeah. uh, people, people eat a can of tuna that way, too. Neil Breen does. <laughs> Watch been, the I've films been. of Neil Breen, everyone. Oh, he's
1: good. I've been known to eat my
0: tuna that way. Yeah? As well. That's mm. weird, man. <laughs> yeah, it really is. All right, here we go. There are times to eat, and there are times to work. Turn, turn, turn. Persian kings died for a taste of that. He
3: just put caviar like on
0: his keyboard. Horton, Horton. When will you learn to save a life? When you eat, eat well. When you love, make it last a long time.
2: Don't be too stroke,
0: (laughs)
1: Joe. One pump chill.
0: (laughs) When you kill kill for pleasure Mm. Mm.
2: i was expecting this unholy alliance to fall apart because they turned on each other boy that's not exactly how it goes Uh, oh yeah that would kind of make more sense i thought this was gonna be him foreshadowing like oh yeah i'm gonna really enjoy one like it's time for me to kill you horton like i thought that was what he was teasing not what happens Mm. no it's a good little speech. I kind of it, it kind of encapsulates
1: uh, Xavier's character. Well, it took me a while to remember that.
2: <laughs> How to mispronounce his
3: name? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, what's, what's the mispronunciation of this name? I'm going with. Hmm. No, it's not
3: Professor Xavier. <laughs> yeah, but this is, I think this is a really good clip and it does give a lot of like character development. Yeah, to Z- Xavier. <sighs> It's so hard to pronounce his name right now. <laughs> There's
1: something about him I want to talk about later in relation to another character on a previous episode. Ooh, I'm right. excited. What is Horton, like, typing
3: about? I was wondering that, too. So... He's got to work. I I <laughs> guess... I mean, he's... N- clearly, he, he can't be... He c-
2: to be around for it.
3: Yeah. yeah. He yeah. clearly can't be on the internet, right? I didn't see, like, any, like, hookup. Is this before your wireless fi i think you could i think there probably was like big attachments you could attach to a laptop mm. but I don't, see, I don't know i just imagined him word processing like crazy <laughs> like he's just got shit to type yeah. also
1: I like this computer because it's like a little suitcase it has like a handle on it
3: yeah uh so mac pulls up outside um so joe gave him the address here he shows up and xavier gets the buzz uh and they are very far apart
2: <laughs> yes quite we're about to be treated to yet another really
3: good fight scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, first, Horton bails. Like, Horton, yeah. as we we keep seeing, is like a coward. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's part of his character.
2: Is he a coward or is he just smart? No, he's a coward. But, I, sorry, that's been established in some of the other... Episodes. Yeah, I think like, in, in the, the Hunter's like,
3: episode, like, he really like, pusses out. And he's like,
2: don't he's, hurt he's, me. He's, like, oh, yeah.
3: Sniveling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah,
2: he definitely is afraid. So he's like, he, I'm out. And is But Xavier, you know, Xavier still thinks he can beat Mac. Right. So yeah. he's he's ready for this fight. And so this, this fight's, fight. fight's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, they're moving all over the place like crazy. The like the fight's got like a bunch of cool changes in direction and momentum. Lots of sparking. Yeah. Once yep. again, that hook hand is coming up
3: clutch. <laughs> Duncan like swings on like a big hook. Yeah, it's a hook cool. Hook v hook. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta fight fire with fire. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, when Horton bailed, he was like, I'll bring the car around, which is a giant giant helicopter. Uh, So, this is like an awesome opening, I think, to the episode. This kind of has a big, splashy opening, I think. Yes. It has a helicopter. The fight
2: slowly works its way. Like, Mac is really pressing Xavier, and he works his way outside as Horton shows up in the helicopter again with that rifle and starts taking pot shots at
3: Mac. So, Mac kind of dunks behind. (laughs) Ducks behind. (laughs) Some, like, wood or whatever. I, again, don't know why they're fleeing. I don't know. Finish them off. You have a high-powered yeah, rifle, a helicopter. Been, like, or,
1: I don't know. Yeah. But is, is is Xavier losing at this point? I think
2: it seems pretty evenly matched. Well, like, Duncan kind of has the momentum, but, like, yeah. Xavier hasn't been injured or anything. Yeah. And, obviously, he's got a bunch of backup now. Yeah. But I think Mac was the one who was, like, trying to retreat.
3: Hmm? Because
2: he, like, Mac just hides. And for some reason, they really take off. Like, they yeah. take off out-of-the-country take off, yeah. Which I found very confusing because it's, you know, even if they decide this isn't the time for them to fight, it's like, aren't they fundamentally there to get Mac? So yeah. why do they leave? No. I don't know.
3: I don't know either. Don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, the next scene, we find that Mac's visiting Charlie in the hospital. He brings him a tin of caviar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I guess he's like, this was purchased by Xavier mm-hmm. in France, like in Paris. I'm assuming it has some sticker mm-hmm. on it that has, like, the shop name. So Max like I gotta go, right? For some reason.
2: Yeah, so but Charlie's like all upset that Max's leaving. He's like, "Man, like you told me that you would tell me what happened, like you're never going to let me let me in on the secret of what's going on, are you?" And he's like,
3: mm, "Probably not." Nope. Yeah, and he <laughs> yeah. just it's, it's I feel bad. I don't know. It just feels so, like Charlie's Charlie been dicked around so much yeah, about this. He took and literally almost for died. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And Max was like, "What if I told you it was magic?" Would
3: you believe that? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I guess he tells him to fix up the dojo. If he doesn't come back, it's his, which is nice, I suppose. Hey, Rewatchers, this episode is brought to you by the Highlander 30th Anniversary Gathering Convention in Lakeland, Florida, December 3rd and 4th. So make sure to head over to LashconEvents.com, that's L-A-S-H-C-O-N-Events.com, to pick up your tickets today. All your
2: favorite Highlander personalities are going to be there. Christopher Lambert, Adrian Paul, Elizabeth Grayson, and most importantly, your
3: Rewatchers will right.
2: be there.
1: We will be there. We want to see you there, too.
3: Yep, we're going to have a booth uh, right in front there. And uh, we're going to be doing some live podcasting interviews. We can't wait to meet you and talk to you in person. Also, other exciting guests are F. Braun McAsh. He's the Swordmaster from the third season on in Highlander. And there's going to be a Sword Experience there as well. Absolutely. Uh, So make sure to sign up for the Sword Experience and get your tickets for the Highlander 30th Anniversary Gathering. So, we're in Paris. I'm very Gary. pumped. We're back. Yeah, we're back, which is very exciting. Uh, if you haven't listened to some of our older episodes from last season, or don't know some of the trivia of Highlander, Highlander is a co-financed show with French backers. So half of the season is filmed in France, always, and Ren- usually the better half.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The the budget's higher. The scenery is better. There's some. There's a lot to like. Yeah. But that being said, when Mac arrives in Paris, Renee has beaten him there. And speeds up in a car to like, pick him up as though she's a cab driver.
3: I don't know. I guess she's tracking Mac and like Was
2: she... when he booked the ticket or something. He figured, she figured out that Horton and Xavier had cleared customs. So she flew out immediately. Gotcha.
3: She said she hitched a ride with the Air Force.
2: So she offers to take Mac to the barge. But she's like, oh, it's not there. And they show up, and it's been flooded, and the
3: barge is moved. Right, which is, like, totally real. We'll put some footage of this online. Like, that whole area is completely underwater. So the barge literally did have to be moved, and it was, like, unfilmable. (laughs) That's really funny.
2: So then we get treated to some of our best padding
3: in this episode. (laughs) Uh, So Duncan shows up at the barge in its new location, and we're we're treated to, yeah, more padding, which is just the montage of Tess and dust in the wind. Dust of the padding. (laughs)
2: all we are is dust in the pads i still
1: like it i'm into it it's fine yeah i don't think it needed to be quite as long as it was probably
2: not (laughs) 43 minutes is a lot of footage
3: (laughs) (laughs) so matt goes inside hears someone singing and the shower's on and who comes out? Maurice, our new character. The, who indeed comes out? Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is very confusing at first. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a while to realize that this guy was just going to be around for a while. <laughs> it's like, who is this weird bit part that they're yeah. introducing?
3: I just have weird French man inside. <laughs> yeah. So he says that he is, I guess, Mac's neighbor. And he, I guess, has been taking care of the barge while he's been away. Well, when, Since there's all the flooding and stuff. When
1: Mac finds his barge, behind his barge is a really wacky looking boat. <laughs> right. <just like laughs> covered in junk. It's like a <laughs> circus boat. Yeah. <laughs> This guy's been drinking his wine and using his water. And his toothbrush. Yeah. yeah. Tooth and his toothbrush.
3: So this is our new like com- like real comic relief of the, the show. Like yeah, real. Richie was kind of the comic relief before, but not like not like this. Like this guy's a clown. This, this guy's a straight up buffoon. Yeah. This guy sucks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like
2: Maurice. I think he's reasonably funny, but it took me a while to adjust to his existence. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is real. This yeah. is
3: not a drill. I don't like him. Also, it's followed up like Dust in the Wind and Tessa's Dead plays and then like Buffoon this Man. Goofy character. It's <laughs> like goofy drunk.
2: <laughs> yeah, this goofy drunk, like cartoonishly accented Frenchman.
3: He's, like wearing a robe. Mac's like, you gotta clean up this whole place and you're not living here anymore. So now we are Mac I guess goes on his in detective mode. He yeah. finds, I guess, this caviar shop. And there's a woman. He meets the woman like outside, which to me this is just uh, we can't film inside, so we're gonna pretend she's just arriving at work, or yeah. like because yeah. they don't go it inside could, the store. The and I guess she's the new owner. I don't know. It's this whole thing is a little Perplexing. weird, yeah. Because again, it's like a clue that leads nowhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: does it lead then to John Arbuckle's wife? No, City immortal. She says like I just moved in here. This isn't my shop and he says can you tell me where to find the previous owners hands her a bunch of money and the very next things that happens is that he is giving his old friend's wife a kiss
3: oh i don't think so because well she said the old owners got arrested yeah like Like they were they were they were iranian because this stuff that they were selling was illegal and they got caught yeah they got deported. it is a weird thing because he's like weird yeah and i guess he knows about the florist from Joe told him who had been killed, I guess.
2: So those two thoughts were just completely unconnected.
3: But edited in a way to make you think that they're maybe a little connected. connected.
1: It's
2: yeah, weird. Very, I found that very strange. Yeah,
3: it's not good.
1: Well, he's like friends with Anton Legri, so right. maybe
3: he's just paying his wife a visit or yeah. something. But and of course, crazy. this next scene also is cut in the US version. None of that floral stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing about um, the, the caviar plot is it reminded me of Kyler? It's like the exact same thing, yeah it's absent in that instead of caviar. But it's like, oh, this immortal has this particular food, so I'm going to vice, yeah. yeah, track that to find them. And yeah. it's like, did the same person write these?
3: No, yeah, it
1: is an odd.
2: I don't is, think so. that's an odd parallel. I did yeah. not catch that,
3: and it's it literally is the same trope, right? Yeah. You know what's another weird thing too? Like. I mean, Duncan goes to France. He gets in a plane and goes across the world on the hunch that this guy needs... He needs to get more caviar. Yeah. Like, but well, again... import stuff? Joe like, just... Joe, he's right there. Like, and I know you don't really trust him, but he did give you the address that checked out. Yeah. Like, that's a step in the right direction. I guess go to... My, I don't know. The, Duncan playing this caviar hunch he, I mean, is crazy. Like, I, I get it he, in the Kyler episode because it's yeah. like, oh, well, there's... I'm in Paris. He's in Paris. I'll just go to that store. Like, it doesn't involve buying a plane ticket across the world. Yeah. I don't know. There's a real
2: roll of the dice on something yeah. pretty. It's like, no, we just hung out in Seacouver because we're here trying to kill you. So yeah. <laughs> we just stayed. We just hung around. No,
1: dude, they import that stuff. <laughs>
2: no, <it's
3: fine>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we just got it at the specialty store down the yeah. street. <laughs> Maybe that's what. Uh, Horton was doing on the laptop. He was ordering ordering more caviar. (laughs) One line caviar. That was the time
1: to work. Stop eating your caviar until the new batch gets (laughs) here.
3: I'm miming typing, which you can't see at home. Yeah. this is a great podcast joke. (laughs) So once again, I I like the fact that they go to the flower shop to kind of bring that thing that would otherwise just be like a little teaser in the beginning of the last episode to set off the action. Like it does give it some emotional weight, but ultimately proves no point. Yeah, because he goes and he's like, "What happened? Did you see the person that killed him?" Or like, it's like you know, like you know, it was Xavier, right? Yeah, just, like I just don't understand what the clues are that he's looking for. Like there are no clues here. Like, nope, these are not the clues you are looking for.
1: I haven't heard that name in a long, <laughs> long time.
3: So anyway, they're out to dinner. Delaney yeah. and Mac Rene get together. Mac. I guess to finally like strategize like i think well, they, they're they're they finally made, gonna work together
1: they made dinner plans earlier right
3: I, th- yeah. I think she wants to strategize and he wants to drink wine <laughs> i think that's it, I think that's it. <laughs> no because he starts telling he's like no the shooter was james horton like yeah i think he wants help catching him okay no. he's yeah. finally turned the corner
1: mm-hmm. um, so a waiter walks by and drops his napkin and at that time some guys in a car pull up and open fire
3: well this guy has like the worst aim yeah. in the world <laughs> he hits nobody
1: Well, they both duck... They both, like, bend over to pick up the napkin, the, like, waiter (laughs) dropped.
3: It's like playing an old Nintendo game when the guy shoots at you, and you just duck. Duck. And you just wait until they stop (laughs) shooting, and then you can get them. Uh, This
2: literally came up earlier today. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. It's cartoony. It is cartoony.
2: But somehow... Also, automatic weapons have a very bad record in this Yeah, (laughs) two-parter. Like, when... In the first part of this, when Xavier busts into the dojo yeah. with two guys two, two, guys ar- two with automatic, automatic weapons, weapons. Yeah. can't hit the broadside of a barn, yeah.
3: and this guy just can 't hit anything he runs and they they chase him, run after him, Delaney like shoots him in like the leg or shoulder yeah, she or clips something him in the leg, yeah. yeah, and then he ends up like hopping in this like getaway car or on the trying, side of it, trying to, but then the, driver the guy like shoots him in the face yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the driver literally plugs <laughs> him in the face. But as
2: the shooter is falling to his death, he, like, rips a button off of the driver's jacket.
3: I didn't yeah. realize that's what happened at first. Me neither. I, I thought, first, like, when, when they cut to the button, like, there's no scale for it. I yeah. thought it was, like, a medallion around his neck.
1: Yeah, I didn't know what it was. I don't know. I thought it was a ring.
3: Yeah, I, I wasn't super clear until it, later what it was. It but. doesn't read that well in the moment. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's what we're yeah.
1: eventually led to believe happened. Right. But Duncan looks at the crest on the button and has a flashback to a war with french people
2: yeah i assume this is like another f- flashback to like the napoleonic wars it's 1814 so yes the napoleonic wars <laughs>
0: uh
2: right <laughs> i don't know when else they yeah, got like yeah, yeah. Scott no no would no you're fighting france you're good you're um, good checks so, out yeah so the costuming on this is great this is yeah. awesome it's this huge really good but Mac intercedes as a fellow British Empire soldier is going to kill a wounded Frenchman. And Mac steps in to save the day.
3: Right. And this guy, as he's dying, gives him his ring, which has this crest on it. And it says, like, give it to my son. And tell him I died, like, an honorable death.
2: Right. So what do we think this flashback is about?
3: Uh, All it is is just to, like, just to let you know why Duncan knows this is a Calvary ring. That's it. I think that's it.
2: Okay. I get, that's um, other I, than he, that's could, he, could I got have, he could
3: have done his master hacker thing, found the symbol omicron, go, go and go then yeah. stupid. Thi- it's like going to a library. Yeah, I. It's, it just seems shoehorned in. It's crazy that this flashback looks so good and is so big. Like the production value on this flashback There's, is huge for what ultimately is like a bleh, like. Not, this isn't really an important scene at all.
1: No, and it looks is,
3: awesome. Like, it looks great, uh, see- unlike the Darius flashback, which like. Has like emotional weight, like it signifies a of, like a turning point in the character's life.
2: Yeah, had a lot of thematic
3: significance. Like I was trying to look for some kind of thematic connection to this whole thing.
2: And yeah, I just really was kind of coming up dry on what the connection could be to the remainder of the episode. I don't think it's anything thematic,
3: like about dying an yeah. honorable death or no. Yeah. I don't stuff. know. No. I don't, yeah, it's just a clue. It yeah. is just a clue, yeah. which isn't bad. I mean, it's a, it's like a cool way to get a clue. Yeah, <laughs>
1: sure.
2: It looks great. It's a great yeah. looking way to get a clue. Yeah, and I prefer <laughs> that to him being like hacking on the computer again. Yeah, yeah.
1: So or just knowing it. Oh, I know what this is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's more interesting than that. Yeah, so, you know, hats off to it.
3: Oh, I they mean, could make a, uh, a a really great uh what's it called? Slumdog Millionaire with uh, a <laughs> with, with Cloud. Yeah, with okay. cloud. <laughs> that would actually be pretty fun. That yeah, would be. <laughs> Uh, good stuff, guys. Um, so we do find out uh, that, I guess, Delaney um, has never, like, shot her gun before, and, like, mm. she's in a world of trouble with is, the French government or whatever. This is
2: a weird turn for this character, because also she kind of goes to pieces over this thing.
3: Yeah. Because like, also she didn't kill him, clearly. This no, at got, first she thought she did, and then it's, no, Very it clearly, that. He, this guy got shot in the face by his own friend. And, like, I don't know, it's strange. She becomes such, like, a weak character in this moment. Like, up until this point, like, she literally chased a guy down with a gun and shot him and, like, saves the day. Yeah. And now she's, you know. And now she
2: needs to be, like, comforted by Max. And like, she like, kind of,
3: I don't know. Yeah, it's weird.
2: Yeah, like, I'm not trying to downplay, like, the significant, like, the emotional significance of, like, discharging your weapon in the line of duty. I'm certain that's very difficult. yeah but it's like a just a weird step sideways for this character who i'm sure has had a lot of very like sophisticated army training preparing her for this moment nor do we ever get the Im- implication that she's super green or
3: yeah i i don't know it just it's, feels it does it feel weird feels this odd. is in a different context i think this would be okay like if we knew if she was around for longer and had some instance that like shook her up i think that would be fine but it just it feels like it just pulls the rug out of under her like strong character a little yeah. bit. So Mac goes to this cavalry grounds, uh, in the, in the present, and I guess he shows some captain this ring. I lost the thread here. Like but. he just knows that this ring belong. Like does he ask this guy, the captain, like were there is there anybody that's a psychopathic <laughs> murderer? Like, I mean, he, he meant like he automatically brings up somebody and it's like, oh yeah, he was like a deserter or something. Just
1: Luke Bergeon, who's not the man who was killed.
3: No. No. Yeah. It's the guy in the car. Yeah. The getaway driver. So is he recognizes
1: this... the button and somehow knows it's But how does he recognize button? the button? Doesn't
3: everybody have that button? Like
2: That's the part I don't quite understand. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm on board. Like, I feel like I missed some detail of why this makes sense. Because yeah. I'm totally on board that he then goes, tracks down the symbol, and is able to get information from that guy. Like, everything about that works, but I don't quite get how he's able to link up the ring to the guy. Yeah, me neither. The important clue that ends up coming out of this is that this guy is, like, a consummate rider. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, his family's got money, and, like, he'll ride 24-7. So that gives Mac the idea that, like, this guy must be hiding somewhere with enough grounds for there to be a stable. Right.
3: And don't they also imply, like, that's why this guy isn't in trouble? For, like, criminal stuff is because his family's, He's, like, rich and... Like, well-connected. Yeah, so, like, people haven't, like, dealt with him. That's the other guy. That's the dead guy? That's the dead That's guy. That's Clooney, yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah, so meanwhile, so Mac and Renee have not exactly been on the same page, but they've been, like, chasing this down with different leads. So while he looked into the cavalry guy, she looked into the dead shooter right. by following up with the French government.
3: Gotcha.
1: And, the, like, the French government official she's talking to is, like, the least French person I've, like, oh. <laughs> ever seen.
3: We, we haven't started talking about, like, I first noticed that when Duncan meets up with the caviar woman, we're back into bad dubbing territory. Yeah. Like, really bad dubbing. And I was curious, like, any French listeners out there, like, were the episodes dubbed even in France? Like, I mean, I, I'd have to, Discussion. like, they are speaking English. Presumably, just with a very thick French accent, so they felt the need that they had to dub them for American Canadian audiences to like understand them better. But do you think they is that the version you guys saw was dubbed, or did you see a different cut? Yeah, because it's jarring,
2: and like the the dubbing makes it look rough. Like no. I don't know what those original accents sounded like, but even if they were harder to understand, I can't imagine it made for a worse viewing experience. They're so cheesy than, than some of the cheesy dubbing.
3: Yeah, the motivation of this like French official is really weird too. Like he at some point. Says to to Delaney, he's like, if you didn't shoot him, his rap sheet would have been, like, even longer. He's implying that this guy's, like, a real bad dude. Yeah. And you stopped him from doing, like, bad things. And then he follows it up with, like, if it was up to me, I'd kick you out of the country right now. And it's like, which is it? Like, are you happy that she took out the bad? Like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I think he's just, like, being, he's doing that territorial
2: detective thing. Mm. Get out. Not in my city. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> get off my turf. Yeah. That that thing that all cops do in all media. <laughs> this is my case. Not anymore, it's not. <laughs> so Delaney meets up with
3: Maurice somehow. Yeah, well, I think she's on her way to see Mac and gets intercepted by the lecherous Maurice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's spinning some tale about he's known McLeod for like years and years. And, and he's, he's his like interior designer, yeah. which is pretty funny. And he's like a chef. Right. Something. Yeah. Um, what I can do with shrimp. Yeah. Just <laughs> you shit your pants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> shit, in the, uh, shit in the pan? Shrimp in the pan. <laughs> uh, oh,
3: yeah. Bam! I mean, Maurice takes Mac's money to buy more wine and, like, supplies well, to cook him f- food. Yeah, well, Mac. Was that just how Mac gets
2: rid of him? Because eventually mm-hmm. he uses him to trace down some caviar related leads. That's right. right. <laughs>
1: Give Bye. me the leads. The caviar leads.
2: <laughs> 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 These are the leads. These are the caviar good. leads, <laughs> and to you they're gold, and you don't get them. <laughs> caviar is for closers. <laughs> <Caviar's>. <laughs> so and that's Gwen Gary Gwen Ross. Everyone should see it. It's a great great movie play play slash movie with the most iconic scene not being from the play. They put it in the play later, right? I think they did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. Wow. I mean, he did write it, right? Mammoth? Yeah, yeah. He wrote the, so he wrote the whole
3: thing. Mammoth. Mammoth. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we cut to like Horton's hideout, and he's got all these like blueprints and pictures, and like which is a horsey stable. So <laughs> Max,
2: which Max's idea was correct, right? Yeah,
3: right. Uh, so whatever plan, whatever they're planning is like crazy complicated like what yeah. are the blueprints for like i'm assuming they're planning an attack on mac they're planning an attack on the barge
2: i assumed so, it was like a map of the city and it's okay. like, okay we're gonna come up this way you're gonna throw a you're stun... gonna get the boat <laughs> like, doesn't, it involve,
3: a, doesn't it involve a stun grenade you like get you... the front of the boat i'll get the back of the boat <laughs> Wait, it's confusing. Get the map! <laughs> it's a visual
2: aid. Sure. And they are well-prepared military men, apparently, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. But, oh, they're also pissed at the cavalry guy. Right. Yeah. like a Who looks like a goon from <laughs> Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah. 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 The Die Hard goon is definitely, like, a look in this show. But, anyway. And they, isn't
3: Xavier, is he still eating caviar at this point? There's an, a weird yes. quip. He says, have you ever seen them harvest caviar? do they take their heads or do they cut He's like, their, heads? They they cut cut their, their the head heads off? And it's like, no, they no, don't. don't. That's not, sure. not, I don't understand this weird analogy. you just like, where do you think eggs go? Uh, <laughs> they're in their head. Yeah. You know, eggs
1: come out of the head. The chicken spits them up or the fish or whoever.
3: <laughs> yeah. I wish it was like that. <laughs> but
1: Xavier gets the buzz.
3: Yep. So they're
2: like, there's like, okay, new plan. You go get us, McLeod, and we don't kill you, is what they say to Die Hard Goon.
3: Right. And, of course, Horton is bailing again. He's like, I'm out. Yep.
2: He jumps on a horse and gallops away.
3: That would be amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Mac is confronted with these goons, and then Delaney, like, pops up, and and she's got a gun. The two of them shoot each other. It's actually (laughs) pretty rough. It's a crazy, like, standoff. Like, everyone's, like, flinging their guns around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, like, Mac has two guns on him, and then Delaney shows up. And Mac does the weird, like, shrug thing. And he's like, oh, oh, well, it's like when Han Solo yes. has all the Ewoks, like, pop out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they both get shot. Not yeah. Mac, but Delaney and Die Hard. And
3: does, do you think Mac, did, did Delaney follow him again? Just one of these things where she just keeps, he seems like he knows she's there. This is a terrible plan again. Like, I don't know. Yeah.
2: That's, the, that's part of the problem, is because Xavier's there, he can never sneak up on them. Right. Not truly, because they'll know. He'll get the buzz and tip everyone off, and then they'll be waiting for him, regardless of how sneaky his approach might be.
1: That's true. Meanwhile, Horton's getting on a boat to get away, and who else is here? Joe Dawson. Joe Dawson.
2: So, yeah, he shows up, plugs Horton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. It is brutal. Yeah. He
3: goes flying off the edge of that boat. I have a question. So, Mac, so everyone flees at this point. Mac then meets up with Joe, right? Just. Xavier
2: and Mac end up fighting here or does Xavier just
3: blow no Xavier just runs away yeah uh, so but then Mac meets up with Joe after he's like shot Horton well yeah Mac throws the gun and he in takes the his river. gun and he throws it in the river which seems I don't know if like that's a good a idea, bad idea that yeah. seems
1: like a bad idea he doesn't even like wipe it I mean I guess F- maybe the river fingerprints are water soluble so oh.
3: if, your, if fingerprints get wet at all they'll be destroyed interesting but then Joe says like we make mistakes we clean them up like, was this Joe's choice? The way he says that line, I was like, oh, he was ordered to kill Hort, maybe. I didn't read it that way. Hmm. I, like, I just I didn't know how much of a personal choice this was for him. I felt like he felt, otherwise, like, betrayed.
2: I feel like he wouldn't have communicated it that way if it wasn't, like, a wider decision than just himself. Or if he didn't at least feel like he had to do it as part of his loyalty to the Watchers. Because otherwise, why do not he, like, I ha- I he just say, like, I had to make this right? Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have done what I did. I'm making good on it. He says, no, like we collectively had to solve this. Unless
3: he's just saying that like as on behalf of my organization, I've acted this way. I wish we had an
2: organizational chart of the watchers
3: uh, hierarchy. Like a (laughs)
1: spreadsheet
2: pro forma for for the watchers organization.
1: I I don't have, like, I don't have a good idea of how big this organization is. It certainly isn't a well run organization.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that much is clear. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Exciting mouse pads. Let's face it, most mouse pads are a drag. Not these. These are Highlander.
3: These are Highlander? That's, that's all
1: it says. Not these are Highlander <laughs> mouse pads. These are Highlander.
3: Let's face it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Is that all the copy? No, there's more.
1: Oh, I thought that was
3: it.
0: I but like,
1: that's see. that's just the sentence. These are Highlander. <sighs> Yikes! All right. Each is natural rubber with a four-color process subsurface print. These durable I'm in for the subsurface print. Yeah. <laughs> These durable textured plastic mouse pads offer faster tracking. They wipe clean and last for years.
3: <laughs> that's Why? it. I can't believe it doesn't say
1: it have some pun about lasting forever. forever. And you get a few different types. You can get a Watcher Chronicles mouse pad, an okay. Adrian Paul signature mouse pad. So that's the picture of Pirate Duncan with like a signature that you can't see like, okay. written on it. <laughs> a quickening mouse pad and a What's the quickening one like? Uh, it's some lightning shooting into Duncan. Oh, okay. And then oh, a it looks like he's getting shot. <laughs> it does, yeah. By <laughs> <laughs> like Ghostbusters. Those are Ghostbusters shooting in
2: Lightning bolt,
1: and then one says double dragon.
3: What? It says it double says says dragon. It says double dragon, but it's like a Celtic knot. Oh, I see. The title of it is double dragon. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's actually just battle toads versus double yeah. dragon. Yeah. Jimmy and Billy Lee. <laughs> And does anybody want to
1: venture I showed it to you. Did you guys cheat? I didn't, I didn't see any of it. I'm gonna was- guess
3: 1995. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna guess 1996. Oh we're sticking with price's <laughs> right rules. <laughs> 1495. Oh, Whoa, oh, what a deal on those. I yeah. guess one dollar? Yeah.
3: That's exciting. <laughs> <of the universe. laughs> so we're back in the hotel room. And Delaney, I guess, is in a sling because she got mm. like shot in the arm. Yeah. You know? Uh, but she's okay. And then we get into weird, like, lie to the police stuff. Oh, yeah. Totally. Like, and I don't know what the lies are going to be. Because he's like, just tell the police whatever. And it's like, I think you guys should coordinate a little bit. Because like, yeah, y- this y- is really <laughs> dicey. Because they're going <laughs> to ask you about it. And people are injured and dead.
2: Yeah. 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 There's, like, dead bodies. Like... <laughs> and I'm sure she's been reporting why she went to France. Yeah. Like,
3: and Max already a person of interest in this whole thing. Yes. This whole thing is a mess. So, like... Again, we've often criticized this show for getting like too into the weeds of the
2: police here, but they're always like courting it. Yeah, why address this at all? out because know, they talk about it just enough for me to be like, wait a minute, wait, a minute. how the fuck do <laughs> yeah. they get out of this one?
1: What's well, like in the, in Bless the Child where there's like stacks of dead bodies and like dead cattle,
2: dead babies. <laughs> like, where are the police in this situation? <laughs> true. Yeah. It's like, at least that was out in the boonies. Like, this yeah. is in the middle of Paris, and like how like she came out here to catch Horton. Like, that right. was her goal. She knew Horton was involved in killing Ranger Rick from, the, from part one of this thing. Like, that's ostensibly her thread that connects her to this whole thing. So how does she even explain the death of Horton? Like, does she know that Joe killed him? Like, does she have to say, like, an unknown third-party shooter killed this guy? Like, what is her report? Is Horton, like, legally dead at this point?
1: Is oh, he I guess just, so. Like, he's already been legally She's, dead. He's already, like, yeah. a
3: ghost, so if they don't find the body... No questions, I suppose. So is then her story just, I
2: blew it? I failed in my investigation? Don't demote me? Yeah, uh, I, I don't,
3: don't know. know. I don't know. It's all very odd. Well, I, I mean, I guess the goons are Xavier's goons, right? Or no. I don't know whose goons or whose. I think they're their goons collectively, because they're mercenaries. <laughs> they, it's, they're, they're
2: goons of the old They're are goons. Yeah. <laughs> <Air> goons. <laughs> The trade alliance, or whoever they are, uh, <laughs> the trade federation. The trade federation.
3: <laughs> uh, so next, we are at the bar. Oh, Mac leaves. Like it's, this is awkward. Like this feels breaking. Yeah. like they're breaking up or something.
2: Which is this is the least interesting, the least convincing love interest he's had in the show. Yeah, like they just have no chemistry, and I don't understand why they have any good feelings toward one another at all. I feel like she's good at acting like she
1: really likes him, and he's not good at acting reciprocal in any way. He just kind of looks at her
2: like, yeah. Blankly. I think this one might be on him, yeah. honestly, because I think she's like she's making an effort to seem interested in him. I think like the writing just doesn't deliver on yeah. the chemistry.
3: Yeah, and like something Adrian Paul just seems so indifferent to her. Yeah, I feel like they maybe even have trouble. Like Tess is supposed to be like. Duncan's like one true love, or something, you know what I mean? Like, They're and I'm flirting with that, like, because yeah. I hadn't even thought
2: about Tess since the Darkness, Ma- no, since Mac nailed um, oh, Easton. Right, Easton. Yeah. like, because they ripped that band aid off, and I yeah. just kind of didn't look back until right. so all of a sudden, like, we got the whole awkward conversation about Tess's picture, and Dustin the Padding came back, and <laughs> well, and also Mac was with Amanda, oh, right, yeah, like. Max had a lot of places. Yeah. yeah, and I just hadn't <laughs> thought about around. it. But they like yeah. make it seem like she's like a real specter in this whole thing. Yeah.
3: And I, I feel like that that's they're treading lightly with like having Duncan truly move on. Yeah. Or something like I don't know. I feel like
2: Maybe it's because he's back in Paris and that's like their city. Uh, I don't know.
3: Yeah, is that yeah. supposed to be that's, what reactivates it? I don't know. Oh maybe. It. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. It's eh. a point. <laughs> it's a point. So they're back at the barge. Maurice is there remodeling. My notes say Maurice is remodeling. This is funny. <laughs> uh, Mac wants Maurice to track down Xavier mm-hmm. since I guess that's the reason they make Maurice a chef. Right. He's got food connections. Got that caviar,
2: caviar inroad. Right, so
3: yeah. he's like, here's money. Find out who's buying this caviar. I don't know what kind of connections Maurice really has. Like he shows back up drunk later. Yeah, I get the impression that he had to get someone else drunk to get the information. Was that why he's drunk, or does he did yeah, he find just, out the info just a then got yeah. Drank, yeah. drunk?
1: Drunk, yeah. he found out then got drunk. Gotcha. But he finds out that somebody well, he was getting
2: drunk regardless.
1: Yeah. So. Gotcha.
3: Uh, uh, so while Maurice is away finding out the the skinny, uh, Matt calls Charlie up uh, and they have like a little heart to heart. I guess know he got Horton. Yep. He's not coming back yet because he still has business to finish with. Xavier. Which, I was expecting, spoiler alert, he's about to finish that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gets the
2: details from Maurice, and... He gets the caviar leads. Yeah, and gets this thing done. So right. it's like, why'd you like tease that you might not be back for a while? And then, what's your excuse to stay after you do this?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's in a- one instance, he's dead, so he won't be back for a while, because he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> And the other one is just, he ended it. Unless did he think he'd be like chasing Xavier around the world for... Yeah, like, unless he thought
2: Xavier was going to get away, and he he has to keep searching for him, and he Mm -hmm. doesn't know if he's still in Paris or what the deal is. That's kind of what I was expecting to happen, but whatever. I'm happy he's in Paris now,
3: so (laughs) I'm not going to overthink it too hard. So, Mac finds out where Xavier is. He heads to the mansion. It it gets delivered. The caviar gets delivered to the mansion. Yeah. So, once
2: again, Mac just kind of is given an address, which is nice. Yeah, Yeah. I love the shots leading up to this. It's like all of a sudden gets like this kind of horror movie feel. The music gets really tense. Like there are these buzz sounds. Like Xavier is like looking down and like very slowly looks up. There's like this real zoom in on his eyes and like the camera kind of follows Max's feet and you see just like the tip of his sword like slowly come down into the frame. It's like really stylized. It's not quite like the rest of the episode, but it's cool. Yeah. I really like the sequence of shots that leads up to it. The lighting is, like, really nice and moody. Yeah. Kind of. And he lives in, like, this, of course, insane mansion thing. Yeah.
3: Which is awesome. And I, I also like, like... I'm not sure what this place is. Like, it has all sorts of art in yeah. it. it looks like Which is cool. Like, sculptures everywhere. The yeah. art
1: in the front is insane. Yeah, like, it is. <laughs> I don't know how much of it was actual art and how much of it was prop art. Because some of it, I like, think it was all actual. ...falls over... Oh really? yeah.
2: Hmm. Mm. Maybe I hope that up. stuff was props. Yeah. <laughs> we actually destroyed five hundred thousand dollars worth of art. Yeah. Oh, artifacts. Nice. Ooh. What do you guys think happened to Tess's
3: art after she died? It was uh, all do you think it got like? Damn. It, <laughs> do you think it got went up in value a lot? No. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think they
2: collected it all, put it in a rocket, and shot it into space.
1: <laughs> bacon, uh.
2: except for bacon in flight. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Ended up in somebody's bathroom,
1: <laughs> Max' bathroom,
2: Max' bathroom, <laughs> where most bacon goes. So the fight's cool. Yeah. The fight is awesome. Yeah, they like are kind of ripping through the the halls of this mansion. It spills out into the street. It looks like they fight in front of a Alexander Calder statue. Yeah, it does. Yeah, look maybe. There's like that red. Yeah. There's like this red steel looking statue. People from Philly will know that's like all of his artwork. Like is the lead up to the art museum here. Yeah, he's gonna. There's Big a part, connection here. There's yeah. a part where he like
1: strikes the sculpture and like a spark comes off it, like a massive explosion of sparks. I'm like, that's that can't be good for
3: the artwork <laughs> for the sculpture. <laughs> yeah. He also gets his uh, sword stuck, or is it Xavier that gets they his switch. sword stuck? switch.
2: That's this yeah. is awesome. Yes. They both like disarm each other. They punch each other a lot, and yeah. they end up switching swords. It's awesome. like a la ex- mountain
1: men. It's Xavier's great. like really going for it with the hook too. He's like slashing at him
2: like really hard. This these are some of the best. Yeah. Fights. These are some of the best sword fights that we've seen at this point in the series, for sure. It's great. Yeah. The way Duncan gets Xavier's sword is he
1: like does it like he like kicks the hilt and it like flips up and he grabs it. Yeah, it's, it's like really a skateboard. Cool. Yeah,
2: it's good stuff. It's fantastic.
1: But, so
3: I guess uh, Xavier makes an error and he overcharges. I suppose they both kind of like
2: charge each other. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mac, I guess, slips behind him and cuts his head off. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's really good. And then Mac
2: grabs his own sword out of the wall, where Xavier got it stuck, and has a two-sword quickening. Yeah,
3: yeah. so this quickening's cool. It's not, like, too crazy different than other stuff. Uh, I guess the ghost swirl thing is now just part of it. I feel like that is something we've been seeing a lot, like, that there's, like, a weird misty cartoon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So whatever, that's (laughs) fine. I think the only thing that seemed, like, different about this one, like, did it seem like the swords were, like, heavy? Or something like Mac was, like, picking them up off the ground, and he was and like... he kind of, like, slams them into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was kind of the... Weird. ...most yeah. different thing about this quick ending, I guess. And now it's the uh, denouement. The Delaney denouement. <laughs> yeah.
2: So she's, she's getting recalled to Washington.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. They're meeting up in a park, saying their goodbyes. Why haven't you made a pass at me yet? <laughs> yeah. And didn't Mac... you
2: already make out? Yeah. And didn't he yeah. already, like, try kissing you in the apartment? Yeah. fuck already did. Yeah. For unknown reasons. So then yeah. they make out, barf. <laughs> well, she's like, the way she's like,
1: oh, do you think in the future, maybe if we ever saw each other again, we would maybe like to get... And he just shuts it off each she, other.
3: And she's like, how it's old so, is she? She's so embarrassed. She's like, yeah, so I feel like, so embarrassed. It's like, what are you in eighth grade? Yeah. Like, well, it's just like...
1: A really needy way to come on to somebody. Like, have some confidence, Delaney.
2: You're a a good-looking gal. She just hands him a scrap of paper that just says, do you like me? Yeah. Check yes or no. Mac adds a box that says maybe and hands it back to her.
3: He just draws a portrait of himself blankly staring back at her. Uh, So they make out a bunch, and then... Some super intense music. Yeah, so then he walks away, or she walks away. She leaves. And then the camera pans off to the side, and someone's in the distance. And then crazy music—it's like bum 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 bum—and it zooms in on Horton's face, and he's just hanging back, standing there. there and yeah. there's like a tiger noise. Like <laughs> How is
2: how is he still alive? And he's fine. Yeah, I mean, he gets like plugged in the chest before. So yeah. we're, I mean. Is Joe playing yet another game? Yeah, is this like another setup? Mac, maybe should kill Joe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the takeaway here? Oh, boy. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, what?
3: <laughs> so, before we wrap up this episode, I think we should play a little game. We're going to do a little oh, Price yeah. is Right style game. Oh, Price Ooh. is
1: Right.
2: Perfect. <laughs>
3: All right, guys. So we've been playing some new games on this show. We've done our IMDb episode. Wow, I really slurred those words. IMDb. IMDb. IMDb episode description or episode keywords. We've done uh, some name that quote. I am vengeance. <laughs> and so now we are going to play a little caviar game. Ooh. Oh, God. I don't know. So that would be fun. A little ca- yeah, caviar the game. Caviar the, the game. game.
2: sounds like f- more fun than that.
3: Caviar or caviar. Ah, So we're going to do a little prices Right on how much does caviar cost? Caviar St.
1: Cloud. That's right.
3: (laughs) So uh, whoever gets closest without going over wins a point. Sound good? All right. So, and this is all for a kilo of caviar. That's Mm. a lot. It is a lot. That's like, how
2: many of those little jars that Xavier St. Cloud was eating would be in a kilo? Ten or so,
3: maybe? I don't know. Maybe even more than that. Maybe more.
1: My favorite uh, musical
3: performer, Kilo Green. <laughs> That's good. All right. Iranian Ocetra Caviar. How much do we think that goes for for a kilogram? Kyle, you can go first, then Eamon, and then we'll switch it back and forth. What do you think? I'm going to guess this is $375. For a kilo. Eamon, what do you got?
1: I just want to say this is the type. I'm bad at all games. <laughs> this is the type of game
2: I am the worst at. Uh,
1: but I'll say, I don't know. Two hundred
3: and fifty. All right. Sh- I, I'm thinking you should have guessed $376, but go yeah, on. That's smart. All right. Kyle wins the point. Ooh. How much is it? $5,400. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs>
2: so, you know,
3: I was like... You were closer.
2: One-seventh of the price. <laughs> All right. Wow. Wait, you say 5000 $5,400. Okay, so I was like, not a tenth of that thousand dollars <laughs> Yeah. All right, so we need to adjust upward
1: on. And remember, of-
3: Xavier's eaten basically... The closest thing that Xavier was eating is that, I believe. Wow, Xavier loves his caviar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> California white sturgeon caviar. How much do we think that is? A kilo. $3,050. I'm guess $1. Kyle gets the point. Wow. You were close, Eamon. You guess $3,050. It is 2360 Wow. All right. Boom. Next one, American salmon caviar. How much do we think? On you, Kyle. Uh, I'm gonna guess one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. Eamon. Two hundred dollars. Eamon, You are the winner. Ooh. It is two hundred and forty dollars. Wow. For a yep. Holy that shit. salmon is cheap. Apparently. Apparently. All right, two to one. Next, we're gonna do American paddlefish. How is that? <laughs>
2: American paddle.
3: I believe, Eamon, you are first. Okay. Uh, $800. All right. Kyle. $801. Oh, Kyle wins that point. <laughs> it is $970. So that was, I think, the closest one. Wow. And finally, Volga Reserve. Ooh, Volga Reserve. It's got reserve in the name. Uh-huh. So gonna... <laughs> it has to be good.
2: All right. I'm going to guess this one is $4,590. Mr.
3: Eamon. Mm, $5,000. Amen gets the point. This is one of the most expensive caviars in the world at six thousand eight hundred and forty-five dollars a kilo. Wow. Yowza! So, final score is Kyle has one, two, three points, and Eamon has two. Kyle is the winner. Kyle,
1: you've beaten me three times. <laughs> or no, I beat you. You, you
3: beat me well, in the in the, in the, the cheat game. game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Keith beat me
3: in that game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, I beat you. It's called the Sea Witch. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, take a listen to uh, David Abramowitz talk about a little bit of. I haven't said The Sea Witch Part 2. What is this Unholy Alliance
2: Alliance Part 2, wouldn't you say?
0: (laughs) Unholy Alliance Part 2 brought in a new character for us. His name was Maurice. And as this was a French and Canadian co-production, we had to bring in a couple of um, French characters, and we brought in wine-loving, fun-loving Maurice, which we took a lot of heat from, from the French, mostly because they weren't so crazy about having a wine-loving, fun-loving character, and I guess they thought <laughs> the character that we'd brought in to play Maurice would have a lot more ph- philosophical and um, it, intellectual stereotype of a Frenchman? Like, um, <laughs> I wonder what we're doing for dinner tonight. Shooting in Paris being as difficult as it is, when you throw in some bad weather and some bad luck, it can get a little hairy. During these rains that were flooding the river, just appreciate we're trying to shoot this salmon-colored sweater. Uh, it's raining and you're not allowed to go where we need to go, so we just sort of move a couple of streets away and start to shoot. We're doing the shootout in this scene, and somehow crowd control got out of control. And there's our guys running around, shooting, uh, you know, shooting caps and making a lot of noise and falling down dead. And they are like civilians wandering through the shot oh my God. we don't have the right permit the police come the production manager goes to jail oh what so the pluses of paris are fabulous but every once in a while they're french we weren't asked back
2: <laughs> we weren't asked back
3: isn't
0: f- that crazy to france? france
2: that's
3: pretty incredible yeah there no shit. more paris episodes after this i thought there were i thought there were too yeah that's i cool. mean like after this season right or am I completely mistaken? Or maybe they just not film it in Paris? Maybe they just... Oh, that's it. I think it's in different parts. Yeah, I think they start bouncing around. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Wow. I can't remember. It's been a while. Been that's, a while. It's been a while. That's fucked up. <laughs> so what would you guys think of Unholy Alliance Part 2? This
2: was good. It's very good. The yeah. action sequences are great. You can see a lot of good characters come together. Fight choreography very inspired in yeah. all of this. And
3: you actually see some... Character development and tension between different people. It's good. yeah, yeah. This is solid. Uh, part of me thinks this doesn't have the same momentum the first part does. Like this feels a little pa- more padded to me. Like I feel like the drive the first one has doesn't have some of like the I don't know. Maybe it's because Charlie's not there anymore, and
2: yeah, you lose out on Charlie. You get the weird love interest that I don't know. Just yeah, doesn't ring true, and then you get like the stuff like the montage, that
3: kind of stuff just bogs it down a bit.
1: Yeah. It's like, confusing detective work that you kind of have to think hard about.
3: Yeah, and I think there's, in some ways, it's, like, a little less tension, too, because, like, the tables are turned. Like, in the first part, Xavier, like, amb- ambushes McCloud. And it's like, ah, is he gonna get out? And, like, in this one, it's, like, Max, the one kind of always, like, leading. Like, so we always know what's kind of coming. And we just hope that Max's gonna come out on top, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. It's a little different. Like, part of me wishes maybe, like... Some, some sort of stakes being raised. Like if maybe Xavier went to Paris because he heard Richie was in Paris and he's going to go after Richie and Ooh, forces Duncan that to, would, like, that would have been to su- chase him down.
2: and yeah. That would have been such a better excuse to go to Paris. Yeah, It's yeah. like Richie's in danger because Charlie – it comes to the point where you know Charlie's fine.
3: Yeah. Like the nurse they, is just like, We have to wait a day, but meh. Yeah. But and also then Charlie's just walking around too. Yeah, you no. get confirmation that
2: Charlie's okay. So like I like that there were stakes in the first episode, but they make clear very early that the worst will not come to pass with Charlie. Right. So like all of a sudden you're just relieved. It's like oh, okay, it's fine. Yeah.
1: And then with Richie you could just cut out this whole Renee plot line all
3: together.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz I don't think that brings anything to it.
3: It's Do you think they ever toyed with the idea of making Renee a permanent character? I felt like
2: they did. I was like this feels like a like a soft reboot or yeah. something.
3: Yeah. Like this feels like Randy McFarlane 2.0. Like yeah. w- no, we we want to do this sort of detective thing. Let's try it again and we can do it right this time. And then yeah. they were like, whoops. <laughs> like no, we can't."
2: I'm kind of sad that they lose Roland Gift now. Do they? One of the that's one of the nice things that perks of the show is since you can liberally go back in time uh, that's true i believe yes this is not the
3: last time we see
2: mr roland yeah. gift Interesting. which is i agree though that him dying is a little bit of a loss for the show because he's definitely one of the most memorable characters in
3: the but also thing. that would have been a good reason for like when matt calls charlie and as you pointed out like well he's like oh i'm not gonna be back for a while because i have to finish this and it's like well i, I maybe if xavier just fl- fled Yeah. And then like we don't see him for another six or seven episodes like resurface or whatever, like regroup now that Horton's gone. It's like I need a new posse or who knows whatever is gone or if he wants to change up his plan again. Like first it was gas. Then it was like a crew. Maybe he's got some new strategy for next time.
2: Yeah. Then he realizes like, oh, the crew's kind of a vulnerability. They wed Mac to me. Need a new shtick. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's great, though. Oh, no. This this is a totally solid episode. It's just very strange. He's like, I need to finish this. And by which I mean, I'm going to finish this in the next five minutes. (laughs) 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 I'll be home in five minutes. (laughs) But it's great. It's very surprising that Horton's alive. Yeah. I do kind of wish that unholy alliance had fallen apart. That right. makes more sense. Both, they both make overt references to how... Both Xavier and Horton make overt references that they're going to kill one another. Right. And it never... That, that tension never really gets explored, and I think that would have been fun. Yeah. like That would have yeah. been a nice thing to, to delve into a little bit. And well, unfortunately, it, it doesn't quite come through.
1: And they set up the thing where it's like, oh, you believe Horton that he's going to honor this helping you win the game? I don't know if we talked about that. Right, yeah, but, we didn't uh, talk about that. That would have been an interesting thing for them to, like buttheads about like oh you were lying to me like you're not going to help me win the game at all
2: or mm-hmm. whatever because they both know the other person's using them right like yeah. they're, they're both eyes open about this so like yeah. all those if that's your relationship you know it's going to fall apart yeah soon. it's just a ticking yeah. time bomb it, yeah it's just who's going to make the first move so i wouldn't wouldn't have minded it like the second time they fail to get mac they're like okay we're not going to get this guy working together
3: so right. let's Let's do it. That should have
2: been fun TV that would have been more interesting than some of the the love interest with Renee or some of the padding with Kansas.
3: Totally. Or
1: we could have a few on-the-road episodes with Horton and Xavier. Yeah. having a road trip.
2: (laughs) The buddy cop story. Yeah. Having fun. Xavier
3: (laughs) and Horton. Uh, Very good. Well, this has been a lot of fun listening to this one. Listening to this one for all you at home, it must have been a (laughs) blast. This this is a lot of fun for you guys. Well, it was fun talking about it, that's for sure. But now, we are on to the next one. We will see you next week. Yeah, this is one of our best send-offs. Yep. I'm Kyle. This <laughs> is same. And this is Keith. We'll see you next week for The Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that's a vampire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is this just going to be a new gag on the show? We just mispronounce everything on purpose?
3: Xavier, The Vampire. The Vampire. Thanks. All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. Cheers. See ya. Bye. Also, in the background, I was listening to, like, they're they're paging Dr. in the background. Uh, they're paging Dr. Brown, I'm assuming Clancy Brown reference, and also paging Dr. Davis. Peter Davis, the producer? I don't know. Ah. There were two names in a row. Kyle Shrugs. I went too far into the details. <laughs> <laughs>